0: guys welcome back to the hunter's quest podcast this is your host hunter mcwaters um today i get kind of a unique episode Um, my guest today um his name is neil moore you probably haven't heard of him um he's honestly i found him just randomly on instagram um and i started seeing his stories pop up and uh he was doing some like insane crazy things like waking up at you know 2 a.m. and climbing all night to some crazy summit to be there for sunrise. Or, um, you know, he's done these, like, multi-day rock climbing trips where you're, like, camping on a rock face. And he's done some guiding in Alaska for moose. Um, Super interesting guy. Very adventurous. Very, uh, just does some awesome stuff. And literally, he, you know... He's not really in the industry or whatever. Like he's not really like, uh, he did start a website um, and do some blogging and stuff like that, but he's not really like hardcore going after being a content creator, I don't think. He's just a guy who does like amazingly cool, epic stuff. So I was like, let me just get this guy in the podcast because he does some really cool stuff and we had a great conversation. Um, Really unique dude. Um, and I like intentionally did not prepare for this conversation at all. It's a little bit of a departure from normal podcasts. Um, you know, it's it's less of an interview and more of a, just a conversation. Um, but like I said, he's he's done some amazingly cool stuff, done some guiding, uh, experienced Alaskan hunter and adventurer, and just kind of a normal guy. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to have somebody on the podcast um, that was just sort of a quote unquote normal. You know, a person that just happens to do epic stuff and uh, really cool guy. Um, and again, kind of just a free flowing podcast, just kind of having a conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think um, and uh, hope you guys uh, get something out of it and it inspires you to go do something cool. I um, want to remind you again to use the code QUEST in the Go Hunt Gear Shop. Um, also, I highly recommend if you want to draw more tags and be able to find the best research on where to get opportunity for hunting out west. You need to join Go Hunt Insider. It's got all your information as far as you know. Like I said, researching units, how to draw tags, where your draw odds are going to be the best. Um, just anything you need to know, it's all there. It's easy to use, and I use it constantly. So join Go Hunt Insider. And use the code QUEST, you'll save 20%. And also, you'll save money in the Go Hunt Gear Shop using the code QUEST, and you'll be supporting the show directly. So, um, if you need any gear or you want to find out how to draw tags out west, go to gohunt.com, use the code QUEST, and help me out. Um, in the meantime, leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and I will give you a shout out on the show. And hope you guys enjoy this episode. See you on the next one. welcome to the hunter's quest podcast guys this is your host hunter and i'm here with neil Moore. how you doing dude dude i'm great good to be on okay i gotta ask um i see an awesome ram skull behind you is that a doll or what is that
1: no this is a big rocky from uh from actually right near
0: near me in wyoming
1: um i got this weird as fun as shed hunting is and looking for elk sheds my main passion in terms of like not actually hunting, but looking for antlers or horns is sheep skulls. So um wow. I got this got this dream of someday finding all four North American wild sheep uh deadheads. So, so your that goal too. is
0: to find the deadhead, not to actually kill it. Well, I mean,
1: I'd love if I could get all those hunts, but uh, you know, those tags are hard to get. So I put yeah. in every year
0: for sheep here.
1: I'm actually packing and guiding for my first doll sheep hunt this next uh next August. So I'm pumped on that. But nice, um, dude yeah, I just love sheep. I love their country. I'm a big rock climbers. So being around them is awesome. And like, if I can't hunt them every year, I can look for their heads every year. So
0: that's, that's a good point. That's a cool goal, man. I never heard uh, anybody have that kind of goal, but that's awesome. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fun. So at a, I'm at a desert and several like eight or nine Rockies, but time to get a stone and doll.
0: Okay. And you would just go out like you're shed hunting, just like intentionally looking for sheep deadheads or to be part of some other type of trip?
1: No, pretty much just like it's mainly like a spring summer thing, and I just okay. kind of think not to give away too much, but my the is always like think about when do per- animals die? um most of you probably know you know winters when most of them will will pass, yeah. and so I think where are they at in their winter range, and then um where would i mean any shed hunter probably knows where they find dead heads, generally at like bottom of, bottoms of canyons, but sheep are even more so because of that curl, like the head'll roll down the hill, so. Mm thinking about where would a head or water roll, um, roll ahead. Interesting. uh, Wow. That's cool,
0: man. Yeah. Okay. So guys, a little backstory. Um, we were kind of talking about this off air, but if you're listening, um, so when you start like a Instagram page, you're trying to build it, right. You have to follow a bunch of people. That's kind of one of the strategies. And so I think what happened is I just randomly followed you not Mm -hmm. knowing who you are at all. Just randomly click, click, click and but then when you're going through stories you know people's stories pop through and i remember just your like some of your stories pop through of you like mountain climbing and stuff i was like that's not really that he's not really doing that <laughs> and then i was like i was watching him more like dude this guy's really doing this stuff this is really cool so um you do some crazy stuff and that's why i just i just found you on instagram like you know climbing up i don't know some huge mountain like it like in the dark at 4 a.m to get to the top of the sunrise and stuff like
1: yeah, I like living in uh I do probably half my life in a headlamp. I like the night stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I mean I live in I live in Jacksonville, Wyoming. Um it's somehow I've you been born and like, raised in Wyoming? No, no, no. I'm total city kid from San Francisco. I literally grew up no right way. in the city of San Francisco. Um Okay.
0: But for the last till
1: till what age? So I was eighteen when I left San Francisco. I was total city kid at the time. Didn't even know a hunter. Um and Wow. Yeah, it's kind of a weird. You know, I'm always kind of jealous when I hear so many people's like hunting backgrounds like, oh, yeah, my dad used to take me out. And like, we'd go in a tree stand and whatnot. And like, no, I, I was uh, right in the city. I wasn't into the it's outdoors. Though. Um, I was a big surfer and rock climber.
0: Okay. and my brother So you and still had kind of an outdoor kind of slant to you, but you grew up in San Francisco
1: yeah thanks to my brother my my parents not very outdoorsy but they they would take us on these road trips to national parks and show us nature and we always loved it they knew we loved it so they'd take us on those road trips and yeah it was awesome but yeah my brother and i kind of fed off each other surfing and climbing and then i joined a search and rescue team in california and i was always in the backcountry then and and uh, looking for lost people and i was like man like the outdoors is way better than the city so yeah
0: um so yeah did for you college, get the desire to uh to kill yeah
1: that's a good question um well I it bluntly, I was always into wildlife wanted to study wildlife biology so I moved to Montana where they had a great program in Missoula and I went to school there and um I wouldn't say I walked in with like any negative ideas towards hunting I just didn't really know it I didn't really have like any thoughts on it because I wasn't around anyone that did it and then it was like freshman year I'm in my classes and um all my like professors are these you know top wildlife research researchers for the state of montana mm-hmm. even some from canada and they would all leave in september or a lot of them uh to go <laughs> hunt and they'd give us like substitute teachers and i was like wait a second the people that have devoted their lives to studying animals conserving them and caring about them are doing this hunting thing i was like interesting okay, i i owe it to myself to hunting to like learn more about this interesting yeah, started working at hundred check stations through for credit, and uh, met some friends that hunted as well. And man, dude, it didn't take Checking long. Checking stations hooked.
0: Okay. Yeah, they would. Dude, give such credit. an
1: interesting yeah.
0: entry into hunting.
1: Oh, it was wild, total. So you just noticed hunter. all your
0: professors were like, "These dudes are all hitting the field. So they're Like, I got to try this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, wildlife or hunting must be conservation if these guys really care and then about these critters and they're also hunting. And and that was a big like mindset shift from a San Francisco um, yeah.
0: idea of hunting. And so are your yeah, parents so, like, are your parents, were are they anti or anything or just not, just don't do it.
1: No, just don't, don't do it. Never were around it. I think, you know, my mom's dad who I never met or maybe her grandpa, they were, they were duck hunters or he was a duck hunter. Um, but passed away sadly pretty young. And and so I, I never, you know, was around. I just remember being at my grandma's house and there was a taxidermy Mallard. And okay. like, that's interesting, but that's really like the only other person in our extended family that's ever, ever, home. Wow. And my, my parents might, you know, have camped like 10 days in their life, but they're, they're great. Okay. They are fully supportive. And, but yeah, it did take a little bit for like family to get used to this, you know? And so uh, I would ship back me, you know, have them try it and everything. And then I started filming hunts because mainly to show my high school buddies like what it is i think a lot of people in the city think you just drive around drunk on an atv and like hose yeah. critters off the side of the road i mean like, guys if whoa, all whoa, whoa. you
0: ever see of hunting is hollywood's portrayal of hunting yeah you have an sad. extremely false and just terrible like idea of what hunting actually actually oh, is yeah,
1: yeah and it's so that's been a really cool way to kind of bring it back to San Francisco and show these kids like, no, 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 this is what it actually is. I did that through the videos and the meat and now they're like all about it. They don't really do it themselves. My brother came out actually on a hunt. He never kills something, but he wanted to like see what it's all about and that was yeah. awesome. Um we got a deer and an elk in one trip and packed it out together. He got the full experience. But uh nice. But yeah, they understand it now and they're supportive.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. So that's so interesting because most of my guests, you know, have been hunting their whole lives and stuff. So it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting hearing um and for those guys listening i think i said it off air but i intentionally kind of didn't really plan for this because i just don't know neil that well but i just kind of wanted to just kind of flow off the cuff so that's super interesting man like that you came into hunting in that way so i guess you know you're working at a check station for credit you said right Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and then at some point you had to have somebody take you out what was your first like hunting trip
1: yeah, it was funny. It was, didn't see a thing. Uh, didn't, see, but we or maybe this, what was
0: your first like good hunting trip? Maybe
1: totally. Yeah. Well, so first, I'll just say, I went out <laughs> with Buddy. We had like, he had a deer tag. I think I, I think I must have had my own tags that year. Yeah. And we, we mountain biked into this unit and you couldn't hunt for the first three miles. And I will always remember this. Moment. Was your We're buddy a, a hunter or, yeah. yeah. Uh, he'd grown up in Montana and he'd, yeah. Okay. And so, so he, he was kind of showing you the ropes. Yeah. And so we had rifles on our back and we're mountain biking in and we passed the like three mile sign. And like, it basically, there's a little sign that says you can now like, you know, hunt and recreate like you would in the national forest there. You've entered that three mile, you've gotten through the buffer. Mm -hmm. And I remember just the air feeling different. I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. Like I'd always, you know, through search and rescue or hiking, I'd been always excited when I saw critters like elk or bear, but I never really knew. Why we were seeing them, it was just like, oh, that's a neat sighting it happened out of luck. And now, like, hunting changed my mindset to like, I got to learn so much about these animals to then increase those sightings and, um, and make it happen. And it was such a neat interaction. Like, it was it, it. An
0: adrenaline kind of rush when you, that kind of thing, or a little bit
1: of adrenaline? Yeah, a little bit of like, uh, man, now if if I find one, like something could happen, I could put this little stock on or something. It was just this excitement, okay.
0: So it was um, less so excitement about entering a wild place because you'd spent time in wild yeah. places, it was more so like all right, this time, like, we might actually kill one. Yeah, it was a totally different interaction
1: <laughs> with the woods. Okay. And I was like, this is cool. So, yeah, I was hooked on that trip. We didn't see anything. We just sat in the rain for, like, three days. But um, <laughs> but then, yeah, and then I was doing everything wrong, of course. I was 20 years old and just messing around. And and uh, I remember, like, one day I was sleeping alone in the snow in Montana in my tent, listening to this wolf howl. It was pretty cool and falling asleep to that. But I hadn't seen, like, anything deer elk Um And – so I'm sitting in that tent and in, in the snow, listening to this wolf howl, I hadn't seen like anything. And, uh, and my buddy texts me like, Hey man, like I'm out hunting. Uh, I've seen like deer elk this morning. Like, if you want, come with me. And he was a master's student at university of Montana. he invited me out and he he really kind of showed me the ropes. He, um, we went out one morning later that week and it was so cool. He we like sat on this. We were on this knob and in, in the sage and in, in the dark waiting first light. And at first light, this, forky mule deer comes out at like 175 and i'd practiced quite a bit of my rifle at that point felt felt confident but i never held anything on an animal yeah and he starts. Is it a rifle you
0: bought yourself and sighted it an in and all that by yourself or what yep
1: pick myself up a 308 you know Montana's funny I, I get in there and i'd never really been around guns my whole life in san francisco and all of a sudden on my dorm floor the first year there's like 17 guns under people's beds <laughs> and whatnot it's like all right i gotta learn what this is but um but yeah and least, bought one Pretty much. My roommates were like, oh, like, you know, they let me shoot theirs for a bit. And then they're like, okay. well, if you're going to get into hunting, you should have your own that you get used to and practice with just that. So okay bought a 308. Sorry, some of these
0: questions probably sound dumb. It's just like, I literally never talked to people that started hunting this way. So it's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, totally. It's, uh, I, i have like, obviously it would have been cool to grow up hunting, but I kind of enjoy getting into it so late. Cause I'm just so fired up on it. I mean, the last seven years nice. of my life has just been hunting, obviously climbing and skiing too, but when hunting season hits, it's,
0: it's full full yeah you don't just um, do like walk out a couple miles you're doing like solo moose hunts and stuff yeah well that was that was the cool
1: thing is like you know when i started hunting i was besides this first year with with this guy like i was going on these day hunts with other people and we just like weren't seeing much weren't succeed succeeding and i realized like wait a second backcountry hunting all it is is backpacking right with a rifle and a tag
0: it's like it's like backpacking with a mission before yeah. you're just walking around and I get it oh, like having awesome, a destination, man. but I yep. feel like backpacking is like, is like, I don't know. It's, it's like everything you were supposed to be doing when you're hunting, but just with that part removed. And it's like, exactly. I just can't get into it now that I've done it with a tag and a rifle.
1: Yep. Well, and so this is where I got fortunate is like, maybe I didn't have the hunting background, but with search and rescue with, with backpacking and you know, when I said goodbye to California, some buddies and I final summer there did a 20 mile backpack or sorry, 20 day. Backpacking trip through the Sierras, and so I had all the gear, I had the knowledge to like, and felt very comfortable just sleeping out there for weeks. And so I was like, oh wait, what if I just take all that gear, all that knowledge, and now yeah. just combine it with this new addiction hunting? And that's when I really started seeing success when I stopped okay. doing the day hunts and I would just go out there alone or with a buddy. Just and... attack
0: it like you're backpacking,
1: exactly. Yeah. And you
0: had all that gear already because you're already doing that kind of stuff. You're saying, yeah,
1: I didn't really have a pack like with a frame and everything for packing yeah. meat, so that was a lesson. But now I love packing meat, but uh. Initially, that I is the like, one
0: thing that like you got like you have to have a meat some kind of meat carrier. Like, yeah, if, if we dead. want our
1: spines to last anywhere into our forties or fifties, we should probably all have one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> first time I went to Alaska, like one of my buddies didn't bring one, and he was packing up, you know, sick of black blacktail like over his shoulder, oh. like and dude, he was Cam hand style or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for with none of Cam H- Cam is like yeah. strength, you know, like <laughs> totally. So, um, that's funny, man. So tell me about your first actual kill, cause that that's interesting. Totally. So yeah, it was
1: this, it was this deer, this, this forky buck came out. i had my buddy at my side. He was totally going to let me take for a shot, but he starts sparring with another forky. So they're uh-huh. both at like, um, they're both at like 175 yards. So I lay down the sage, and I had a lot of time to, you know, kind of rest and think about it. And I, I shoot and he just, one of the forkies just drops. And I will always remember this reaction. I am like a pretty expressive person. And you probably saw that in my moose hunt. I like yeah. to really excited about things. Um, and this deer drops, and I, I would have never guessed this would have been my reaction. Um, I just was so – had spent so many days trying, had had this goal in mind, and here it was. I killed this porky, and, and I just started laughing. Um, <laughs> don't know why I just started, like, belching out this laughter, like, that just happened. Did that really just happen? My buddy my buddy grabs me, and he's like, quiet, quiet. He drops down, and he shoots the other forky oh, no that way. mine was fighting with, and they both dropped. Now we have two deer down. Well, at the time as we're walking up, his dad calls, who was hunting in a canyon just over from us and his dad killed a deer as well that morning oh wow so all of a sudden i'd never been on a dead animal and all of a sudden we had three mule deer bucks down and his dad is older and, and wasn't gonna pack that was kind of our thing he's like well we'll get it out for you so all of a sudden my first day of success had three mule deer pack outs in a day and i was like <laughs> i love this <laughs> that's awesome
0: dude yeah. that's so cool what did you feel like when you walked up on that deer that first um
1: deer? yeah just uh like i don't know i always loved Deer and elk, I always loved, you know, wildlife, one up. But I guess I just got like a deeper connection with, um, with those species. To begin, with. I, I think about this a lot. This model, it's called the North American model of wildlife conservation. Mm-hmm. It's how our country goes about it. And one of the main yep. pillars is like, if you let the public play a part in wildlife conservation, um, they will care about that animal more, want to want to keep it around. You know, oh for he, sure, yeah, yeah that's off, how it right? works, yeah. And that was a moment for me because prior to that, I was like, you know. In the city, I was always into wildlife in San Francisco, but I was into like the big cats and like you know the I wanted to I wanted to study the predators and all this stuff you know the large charismatic megafauna and I never really thought much about deer and elk and I remember walking up on that first deer and being like whoa deer are really cool and I want to learn are. so much about them and I want to like I love them now you know you ask any elk hunter what's their favorite animal probably elk what's their you know and that's something that a lot of non hunters don't get is that like we that hunt them love that animal and I think that's what I had when I walked up on that mule deer it was just like. I want to know everything about mule deer now. I yeah. want to study their biology. Uh, this is way cooler than a mouse, you know, big cat or something. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Dude, mule deer are super cool, man. They really are. They're, the places yeah. they live and. Exactly, the diversity. Oh. Yeah. I think we get I'm, to hunt them here I'm,
1: in Wyoming at like 9,500 feet. It's so fun. Yeah.
0: Dude, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, those high country, like early huntsmen, like I haven't mm-hmm. done one yet, but they look super. I've done alpine like deer, but that was in Kodiak. i never done like one of those. Uh, you know, early archery seasons, but it looks beautiful, man. Um, And it is this weird dichotomy of, like, because I'm a deer guy, too. I think... Mm -hmm. I haven't killed an elk yet. That's my goal for 23, is to kill an elk. Make it
1: happen. Hell yeah.
0: But, also, my goal is, I'm going to hunt a blacktail, which... Lord willing, hopefully after this Mexico trip will be my last deer species any for a deer slam.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, because so, you got coups on this Mexico trip, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So if yep. I get my coos, then I just gotta get my black tail next year in Oregon with my buddy Luke Dusenberry, and then I'll like have the five and then we're also gonna hunt Roosevelts probably too, but nice. um, I was gonna say you gotta start working on a subspecies of elk then. That's I know, dude. Cool. Yeah. Well, dude, it's it's possible. I could theoretically because I'm gonna d i am going to I got another elk tag and maybe two. So there's a chance I could kill two species of elk next year. Like if things, Whoa. everything goes amazing. That would be cool. That'd be hell hell pretty. of a goal. Yeah, man. Um, but I'm kind of a deer guy too. It's this weird dichotomy of like, cause I grew up on white tails, you know, for me. So um, I, I feel like I like lean a little bit towards mule deer over elk, but I haven't killed one yet. Mm-hmm. So I can't say for sure. Um, yeah. But it's a weird dichotomy of, Loving the animal, like thinking they're super cool, and like g- I genuinely love deer, but like yeah. also I love killing them. Yeah, that's <laughs> a weird uh, dichotomy.
1: Yep, no, I i love elk and I'm watching them while I'm on. I guide wildlife tours now for the that's like my main job. Um, oh, cool, Grand Teton and Yellowstone, and so I'm showing guests these animals in the park. That's parks. your main job right now, yeah, year round guiding wildlife tours, and um, okay. And so I get a look at them. You know, it's awesome. It's the greatest job because I get a look at these animals. i kind of in a glorified zoo, let's be honest. Granted, Don Yellowstone. But yeah. <laughs> I get a look at their behavior all the time, uh, learn a lot about the behavior. And then, um, you know, and then also I'm behind glass every day. So I test my eyes every day behind binoculars. But I'm going to be honest, like as cool as they oh, are in good. the park, I'm like, I want it to be hunting season I want to shoot this thing so like my guests don't know it but like while I'm watching the elk in the park like yes I can't hunt in the park but right I like think in my head "Ooh, how would I stock that and yeah what shot opportunity do I have you know like I think yeah. through it on, on
0: tour because you're right you love them but you
1: also kind of want to shoot
0: them yeah <laughs> so true man and so um yeah you've you've done Alaska quite a bit huh
1: yeah, so that was a really cool. My my boss here in Jackson, um, for these wildlife trips, all like photo safaris. I'm actually gonna start guiding safaris in Africa too for photos as well with him. And so, he though has an awesome background. He was a marine sniper for a long time, and and got out of the, got out of the military and built this company up. Well, he spent years guiding hunts in Alaska with his his buddy Luke. Well, Luke has since become an outfitter as Adam built this company for photo safaris. So Adam's up to me and he's like, hey man, I got this friend that like I, you know, with your addiction to hunting and everything, I should put you in touch with, maybe you can go help pack for him. So three years ago, I went up for my first time and I packed for a moose hunt or two. Um, and I was hooked. I mean, if 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 you feel like you can get in remote country in lower 48, wait till you're in Alaska. Oh, dude. Um, and so yeah, for the last three years, I've been going up, helping Luke out in September. That was kind of the catalyst to me taking off this last eight months of work uh to just chase my own personal outdoor goals which i did this last eight months but it was mainly so that i could be up there an entire moose season um so this was my third season up there this last year packed for are you on track to get your guy's license so funny ask that yes you need uh 60 start as a packer yep and that's what i've been doing and i reached all the requirements this year i applied for it this fall (laughs) and it's so funny dude (laughs) that's cool Two hours before New Year's hit, a couple days ago. Two hours, I see on my bank account that Alaska deposited my my no uh, check for my guide's license. Meaning, I haven't gotten the response email, but why would they deposit
0: if they didn't accept so, me? So, I
1: think I officially have my guide's license in Alaska.
0: Dude, so you could legitimately, in theory, take me hunting for a guide-required species? Yes if i paid you yeah yeah your <laughs> assistant guide
1: there is there is some there's an interesting rule i gotta check in all the details, but the out so as an assistant guide you work under an outfitter right uh-huh and you can be the only person out there with the with the client you know and as a packer i had to always be with a guide as with well the registered with guide. yeah so now that i'm the registered guide i can be just me and the client however the outfitter
0: needs to be within the state um okay. During so you the have to hunt. operate under somebody but you're a legit guy though exactly yep yeah and does yeah. that that's a probably for a period of time right and then you can do it on your own or so i think it's 10 years oh,
1: uh wow. of experience up there and then you can apply for your outfitter's license which honestly that's kind of the route i would love to go is
0: like well, eventually but I'm glad i love that they're luke's,
1: like luke's the man i'm fine working with him
0: he's the greatest guy and now yeah. the
1: actual registered guide for him is gonna be
0: sweet and honestly it's a good thing that it's not that easy to become a guide in alaska because then people will totally. be getting out there and getting people killed and stuff Yep, and I really—it's different these, animal.
1: Yeah, and I really respect these three years of having to pack to then get your guide's license because there is like Alaska is different. Like you need judging animals is way more strict and, oh, and yeah. on it,
0: you know. And like then you said also, in your moose hunt film, like if you shoot the wrong one, you're screwed. The first yeah. time I was in Alaska. I had my crosshairs on a animal in range two times, but I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't think I studied the biology enough before going, and I was not hundred percent sure if they were a small bull or a cow. So I just oh, did, yep. I couldn't shoot. I didn't want to get you know what I mean. Dude, but, it's
1: it's stressful. Like I I want three years stressful of being with another guide before I'm actually just me and the client making that call because like I would looked over on my moose hunt myself this year. I looked over like probably forty bulls. A couple I of them, watched for like four I hours. I watched I'd it. Watch one bull, and I see a them,
0: ton of bulls, dude.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was. You're awesome. in them but, thick. Like, <laughs> the annoying days, you, you see them like you know down here. It's like okay, it's not a spike. It's legal, right? Up there, there were so many that I was like, you are probably fifty-one inches.
0: Yeah, but you inches. just but dude, can't. if
1: you walk up to it and it's that much yeah. less. So yeah, and yeah. so I'm it takes glad some discipline. That, totally. The other thing about Alaska, which is really neat, but also you need to learn is the waste of game laws are a lot stricter, um, which I appreciate you have to take out more of the meat, but like, dude, you, you got to cut these things up where you can't technically they could land on you while harvesting your animal. And if they can fill a quart size Ziploc bag of edible meat, you've wasted game. You know, down here, it's like four quarters, backstraps, tenderloins. Obviously you should also probably take neck meat, brisket, all that, but in Alaska, like it better be all of it. So that just took, it was a whole different way of cutting up an animal just thinking about every single riblet, every single, everything. Wow. Um, to be illegal. So
0: that's something yeah. that guys definitely need to know about for sure. Yeah. So it's nice. Those, the, those laws are no joke. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But I appreciate it. But yeah, you just gotta, um,
1: you need a lot of years up there. Like to, to get an outfitter's license. I'm, I'm glad it takes so long. You yeah. probably... And
0: what are the guide required species? I know doll sheep, brown bear, um, goat. Doll,
1: brown bear, goat, and you can do moose on your own yeah. caribou on your own. Um, I think those are the main three.
0: Yeah. I got and a I caribou. I think you saw, I got, I got a caribou. I saw that. Man. Yeah. When, what the, time of year? My first, um, ever backcountry trip of any kind was okay. a walk-in DIY Alaskan caribou hunt. Like I said, we didn't actually cool. end up killing anything, but we saw animals, you know, we saw animals we could have killed, but weren't hundred percent on them. So, but it was a life changing trip. Okay. Um, and so I still like need my caribou redemption and right it's going to be a pretty cool adventure, dude. Like we're going to get, um, we're going August 8th or no, sorry, August 23rd. So like the last week of August into yep. the first couple of days Sick. of September. So maybe there'd be some hard horned ones in there, which I kind of yeah. hope for, or at least close. Cool. So we can peel it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we're getting, um, ferried up a river on a airboat and dropped the guy's going to drop us on an off day (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they normally do drop camps, but we're just going to float out when we're done. Cool. Damn, that'll
1: be an experience. You got a a wolf wolf tag too. I saw,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's wolves really in the area to be honest, but it was cheap. And I figure if we see one, it's better to have a wolf tag than not. Yeah. Dude, the unit we're in, there's so many wolves. I see them every year
1: that, um, you don't even need a tag it's uh no way. You, can, you can as a if you have an alaska hunting license which you have to buy to then get any tag you can take 10 um, whoa there's <laughs> a lot there but they're usually pretty far off i mean the tundra just the, you see them really far but you hear them Goodness. howling like every night i stepped out of my tent one night this trip and like came out at like 3 a.m dude it was the most magical moment i had the aurora borealis just firing above my head Wow. and then 200 300 yards away i couldn't see him in the dark this whole wolf pack starts howling and i'm just like wow this is alaska
0: right here wow but, dude that's cool what time of year was that um uh, mid september yeah. okay cuz i haven't seen the aurora borealis yet that'd be really cool i don't know do you think it'd be possible if i was there the first like couple of days of september
1: oh yeah yeah possible? we'll see them every it really the only thing you got to watch out for is cloud you know you get a lot of rain in alaska and if it's oh, cloudy yeah. that'll block it but you can see it even on a full moon and um yeah. So if you ever see like that, the night's clear as you're like, I don't know, sitting around your fire, or going to bed soon, if you see the stars out, set an alarm for like two or three in the morning and just check. It's it's pretty common where, yeah,
0: where you know, because we're going to be really close, I mean, to the Arctic Ocean. Oh, yeah. You're we're, you're north of Fairbanks? Like, we got go to go, we got to get to Prudhoe Bay. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. You'll see, <laughs> yeah. You'll probably see the Aurora. It's like way up there, dude. Yeah. It's like the top of Alaska. Yep. Yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Like, it won't be that, it won't be that like mountainy kind of Alaska, though, which I'm kind of sad about. Like, the mm-hmm. guy said that he could drop us off in the spot. I looked at Onyx that was like, there was actually some ridges and some like couple basins, like subtle ones, but they were mm-hmm. there. Uh, but it just depends on the water level. Like, oh, so yeah. We can make up into that stuff. But it's still, even that, it won't be like really super mountainy, which mm-hmm. I still want to do one of those because that's the first kind of hunt we were on was like really alpine yeah um but anyway yeah we went in there on that first hunt on the pack into our spot we saw a nice shooter bull full sprint going just directly away from us on the trail but it was the wind or something and just yeah no he was no he was coming from the right uh way it was just uh i don't know he was sprinting at us like full speed anyway and just ran out and then um that was the only one we saw for like Three days and Damn. move spots. Our where we're at, we uh,
1: we're in like a pr- really hard to draw caribou unit. So like, there's no like, we don't see caribou hunters. We don't have any. Actually, outfitters in Alaska can only have three species that they outfit for. Mm-hmm. So the outfitter I'm with is brown bear, sheep, and and moose. But um, but it's cool because we're in this hard to draw unit. So the caribou are just huge. So like, yeah. while you're hunting moose, you're like seeing these like massive caribou and picking up their sheds. They're a neat animal, man. I would they love to cool. get tag sometime.
0: yeah Yeah, they're cool man um so are you comfortable judging sheep yet that's tough
1: yeah i've been into sheep longer than i've been into moose just personally like out of my so i like and looking for their heads and everything i think um i think i'm ready i think it's a little you know the dolls though in alaska you're probably looking at them farther than we get on bighorns here so um gotta get a little comfortable looking out there but i i would personally i feel more confident probably judging a doll than most of these moose i the moose it's like moose is hard that thing i want
0: it to be bigger than 55 to know for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i think if Too if all goes, yeah if all goes according to plan and i do get uh my caribou this year that's kind of my next uh thing i want to do in alaska is moose mm-hmm. so i've done i've done caribou hopefully i'll get caribou i've done the um the blacktail and kodiak that was really fun cool uh, nice. i did that one in august though okay and it was kind of like your buddy and your and your mule deer my my friend was the last morning we mm-hmm. shot one early on the trip i did a film about it you can see it on the youtube channel okay, but check uh, it did out you, yeah did you, okay um, Not that one but okay no it's fine um so my buddy shoots one like the first day full day and then me and my other friend don't see one like see any bucks or like maybe one super far away for like four or five days last morning we doubled up
1: no one yeah in like 30
0: seconds i got it on film oh cool his was the 11th biggest um sitka blacktail taken off kodiak on record
1: no way It was like 107
0: inches or something wow and isn't that
1: just how it goes like i this is something that doing mainly solo trips i like think about a lot while i'm in it if i'm not seeing much or getting frustrated like so many times hunting comes down to the last day you know like it's yeah. just like time out there in the field persistence and then like mm-hmm. i mean i always say you spend enough time in the woods cool shit happens right yes. um it may not even be finding the animal you're looking for but it might be like a really cool sighting of i don't know like a a martin or some cool mountain goat sighting even if it's not the animal you're chasing like yeah cool shit happens if you spend a lot of days out there and props to you guys because like it's crazy how often it comes down to the final day and it helps keep me confident while
0: i'm out yeah. there that's the other good thing about going back to like hunting tr- like back country you know like when you are back in there, like there's no, there's much less temptation to like go hang out back at camps. Like, okay, what am I going to do? Just crawl in my tent and lay there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like lay down. <laughs> yep. So like, there's nothing like you're just out there. You're just living in it. So yeah, like stuff is going to happen at some point. Yeah. If you're just going to, if hang you're
1: going to be sitting around hanging out, you might as well do it on a good glassing knob. Right. Yeah. Like,
0: why? I yeah. saw some article that my friend Jaden Bales posted that said it showed like they'd studied, successful hunters like in the actual like i don't know if you saw it but it was an actual like i think probably a dissertation or something cool i mean all these statistics about like you're 20 percent more likely or it goes i don't know it's like something about the more time you spend outside of camp it like goes up by 20 percent success rate or something like that it was great
1: i I believe it i mean i know people like will go back midday to nap but if you just nap like in the field, stuff has like walked yeah. by him midday. <laughs> you know, yeah. even when you'd expect like it's hot as hell, like nothing's gonna exactly. come. Exactly, uh, just being you just out never there.
0: Know. Yep. So, but there are those days when you got just like in your film, in the moose film, like there are those days where you just got to crawl in and you can't yep. really hunt in Alaska. Yeah. You lose days.
1: I th- you do, and that's why, like, as an if you ever you know any to anyone that's hunting in Alaska, like add, you know. It, plan on a couple more days and you might normally think yep. of for a hunt because like you will lose you know whether it's rain or honestly let's the, the number one weather that kills hunting is fog you know if you can't yep. see exactly. you know, just, and if you're hiking around then you're just blowing your scent everywhere so yeah it, i lost a whole day just laying in my tent yep. in the rain a little tarp shelter thanks to kafaru for that little thing
0: i've had <laughs> I've been using that for years i love it but um yeah, yeah I think, I, we spent like, i think 72 hours straight or something in our little oh one man yeah I mean, I would get out, you know, occasionally to look, like, stretch out my legs and look around, but I mean, it was just socked in and raining for like, I think seventy-two, close to seventy-two hours. I don't remember. I believe it. Yeah, and like
1: that's with anything. Like this year, my buddies and I went and climbed and skied off Denali in Alaska, and we went up there with twenty-one days of food and fuel. Even though we figured (laughs) we could do the whole thing in, you know, eight to ten days, we went up with twenty-one days because, like, what you each hiked
0: with twenty-one days of food.
1: Yeah, well, we we skied with a sled behind us of our food. Okay. So, like, I'm you like, don't have it, it all on you... your back. You ski kind of with this, like, towing sled idea. Okay. But, but, yeah, because, like, you know, you can literally mountain, you know, not just that mountain, but any mountain weather, you could have, they were warning us, like, you can sit for a week straight in your tent in a snowstorm. And so, like, we Jeez. wanted the food and fuel to be able to wait for that weather window. And, luckily, we got a great weather window and kind of cranked it out. But um, But, yeah, like, you know, I just think about that with hunting, too. I try to get enough days off of work and enough days. Bring enough fuel in that, like, I, nothing pulls me out early because you will lose it. Yeah. All right,
0: yeah. talk to me about this. This is interesting. This adventure you're telling me. So you're hiking up a mountain in snow skis, pulling a sled. Is that basically the idea?
1: Oh, for denial. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we don't always like. So we do a lot of really awesome backcountry skiing out here, actually. little bit harder terrain wise than what we found on Denali, but um but denali is just a bigger mountain takes more days so we hadn't needed more gear. So up there we did something that we don't do a ton down here, um, which is yeah, you tow you have like kind of ski backpack with like avalanche gear and whatnot and maybe food for that day. And then you tow a sled that's tied into like your waist and you're skinning up the mountain. Like you got your skis on your feet, you have skins on, which is like this felt liner that helps you grip on snow. And yeah, you move your way up. So we got our sleds all the way up to over the course, like two days, two, three days, we got up to 14,000 foot camp, set up a base camp there. And then from 14 on,
0: we didn't bring the sleds. We just had everything in our backpacks, but. Jeez, dude. All right. So I got to ask about this crazy sense of adventure you got. So outside of, outside of hunting too, like what was the, I saw recently, I think it was on your Instagram, maybe your website or something. Or you had, like, some goals, uh, like, some outdoor, like, climbing goals and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. I right, yeah, tell so people, because there, I bet there's a bunch of people. To me, it's just like, oh, this dude's doing crazy stuff. Like, But people probably will be like, whoa, he did that? <laughs> so what would you do? Oh,
1: yeah. So, well, climbing's been the sport I've been into probably the longest, since I was, like, 14. I basically quit all team sports when I was 14, because I saw, my brother and I saw climbers on El Cap. If you're unfamiliar, it's the largest piece of standing granite in the world. It's in Yosemite. And we saw, their saw that on a like, family vacation out from san francisco yeah i was actually on a school trip to yosemite like a little okay. school trip and we saw these headlamps up on the wall and they were sleeping on the on the ledges and working oh, their way dude, out. That,
0: they were camping on there that's so yeah. cool.
1: and i was just like all right like i just want to climb i want to do that and so <laughs> my brother and i started awesome. we, we we started working in climbing us. started getting really into sports so now um i uh you know i'll make occasional trips back to yosemite uh this year's been awesome i got three with my brother we had a very magical moment where we finally climbed el cap together so nice. spent multiple days living on the wall that was a really cool like dude that's amazing goal this year so yeah we did el cap um and then how many lately, days it take to get up there well we went in kind of a, a late season we did it in november and so the days were shorter also november. the sierras had just gotten like six feet of snow and so yeah
0: wasn't it freezing cold
1: yeah, so the cold and the short <laughs> daylight slowed progress, but also like my brother and I were just we had enough food and water in our haul bag and we were like loving every second and we just didn't never felt rushed. So we actually spent four nights on the wall working That's our way sick, up. Um, That's awesome. It was awesome. So, That's but so yeah, cool. so now out here my climbing has kind of switched to more of this like alpinism um and summiting like more snowy peaks. So I'm lucky to live literally my backyard is the Teton Range. Um and probably one of the most inspiring ranges in in That's in amazing. our country. And so, yeah, do a lot of climbing out here um you know with larger, you know goals farther away like Denali and Rainier and stuff like that that we've been doing. Um and then got into yeah, I guess just like this area just like a we have like world class mountain biking, climbing, skiing, so
0: every day I'm trying to do do one of those. So but um it was climbing that got you I mean, I know you had this other path with your instructor or your school uh professors and stuff like that too but really climbing was like your pathway to the west yeah, yeah from san francisco it.
1: yeah and and also just i was so addicted. your call to
0: the mountains
1: yep i knew i liked wildlife <laughs> biology though so actually initially i wanted to go to university of montana because i had one of the best wildlife biology programs but it only took me one visit and then being around the mountains i was like oh i'm here for so many other reasons and yeah it's the mountains in the west that
0: yeah yeah that's that's amazing man so all right. So what's it like? So my only real experience with anything even coming close to actual mountaineering is backcountry hunting. So that's okay. kind of my frame of reference. Like I, I grew up on a pancake, like a mm-hmm. swamp, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I know. I'm just have experience. I've just like uh, discovered mountains in the last like three, four years, really. But mm-hmm. um, I've done some pretty cool stuff in that short amount of time. Yeah. Um, I've been watching. It's wild. Oh, cool, man. <laughs> Getting yeah. after it. So thanks, dude. Um, But Anyway, all I'm trying to say is, is um, yeah, it's just different, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's what I like
1: about ha- having all these different goals or passions each year is they all kind of set you up for something else. So like when I'm, you know, camping in the mountains, like I've had to bivy under a rock at twelve thousand feet to wait out a lightning storm with just a um, uh, like a mylar tarp, you know. Okay. like so- when you've done stuff like that or had these, you know, long snowy camping trips it makes hunting my like longer trips and hunting feel a little the camping part feel a little tame which is nice so those other experiences <laughs> protect me there but then hunting you know nothing preps you any other sport preps you for packing out rigging elk yeah. moose deer whatever so the only
0: the, way to like train for that is
1: just to do it yeah you just gotta do it but then what's so sweet is like those packouts train me for everything else to do the year because now I'll grab you know a skiing pack with all my you know backcountry gear crampons ice axes ropes and it feels light because i've been packing out animals so like
0: it's so sweet they all just kind of build off each other and help you out and um, yeah so yeah. what what's the gear like Like, what's the food like i'm I'm curious like when you're spending four nights on a cliff like that um mm-hmm. are you bringing the same kind of stuff like freeze-dried food and little stoves or what, what are you guys doing
1: yeah, we brought, a, we brought a little jet bowl up there. Um, and do you poop off the side of the mountain? Oh, good question. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> you have to pack out your poo. So we climbed up with all of wow. our poop. Um, you can pee off the wall. Go for it. Try not to pee on so the climber. You but... you bring bags to poop in, right? Yeah. Well, let's, well, we got it. You always got to worry about. Sorry, guys. This is gross, too.
0: but it's a legit question.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, totally. So we had like, uh, we had this haul bag that you, you know, haul up all your water and and food and sleeping bags and everything that kind of trails behind you as you climb. So then you, you know, haul it up on a pulley system. And we had all this, all these water jugs in there and they were basically two liter, like, you know, Sprite bottles that we emptied and put water in. And so whenever you'd have to poop, you obviously stay clipped in in your harness because same way you sleep, you better be clipped in so you don't roll off. But, But, um, and you're right next to your buddy, so you better like him. Luckily, it's my brother. We've been naked or whatever together a lot, so whatever. It's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dang, so you, you drop drop trow and you poop into like a <laughs> um like a ziploc, double that thing up for redundancy if you want. Throw cat litter in there to reduce the smell. Oh wow, okay. And then we so, would
0: cut. I'm sorry, keep going.
1: No, I was just gonna say we cut open one of those two liter water bottles that we had finished drinking the water out of cut a slit in it shove it in there duct tape that around to hopefully hold in some
0: okay yeah but you are climbing this thing with four days of food and water and your own (laughs) excrement so tell me about like are you you're like actually climbing the wall during the day and then when it's time to stop for the day or whatever you're like how are you hauling all your stuff totally yeah so it's climbing's broken
1: up um doesn't need to be even be big walls like this but it's broken up by like pitches right so which is basically think about it as like a rope length because these things, you know, it's three thousand feet tall. You're not gonna have like a three thousand foot rope, right? So you break it up in these rope lengths. And so one person belays like so let's say I'd belay my brother up a pitch. Then he would um while I'm continuing while I'm coming up to meet him, right? Climbing back up to meet him, he's hauling the haul bag up. So like you a hand crank or something? Kind of easily yeah, a little like catch um progress capture like pulley device so every time you crank it through it'll catch it with teeth and then you keep cranking it yeah okay yeah teeth. but but yeah so you work up everything moves at the speed of a rope length if that makes sense yeah yeah, so yeah. Both, both you your partner and the
0: hall bag so, so you're, you're hooked never, into like, anchor points in the in the wall that are like established like anchor points and then
1: at at each yeah at each end of the rope length l-cap's done enough that
0: there's like bolts or whatever and you, then you don't but, need to like put your own thing in like hammer it in or something
1: you you do have to put in your own protection as you're climbing each pitch, but at the top there's an anchor. Yeah. So you're putting in your own protection, and then your partner, as they come up meeting you, is pulling it out. So you. But get all are
0: you protection. at all times attached to that that like main one, or are there times when you're only attached to the ones that you've inserted in the wall? In a way, you're always
1: at some point attached to one because let's say you're going to the next one, the your partner. And you are attached to that bottom one, right? If that makes yeah. sense. That bottom anchor. And as they go up, if they were to fall, their pieces that they're putting in are catching them. Interesting. But if all those ripped out, like which would be terrifying. But if all those <laughs> ripped out and the force factor would be insane, but you would both then get caught on that lower anchor. Yeah. But then you okay. really- switching the upper one
0: it's a little um, sorry it's a little hard to it's say it's interesting without, like,
1: drawing or something but no no, no
0: it's it's very interesting yeah. i just never really talked to anybody i never really knew exactly how it worked you know because totally yeah um it's, weird, it's hard enough carrying passion. your stuff up a trail <laughs> you know three thousand yeah. feet like going vertically up a wall it's a whole different like i don't know it's just totally different man that's cool yeah luckily it gets lighter
1: as you go up you know drinking all the water <laughs> yeah. and everything so the first yeah, day is yeah, the yeah. worst and then it gets chiller yeah that's
0: interesting man um it's like backpacking up a vertical surface but yeah (laughs) climbing it's interesting man um so you said you had goals um like what do you what do you kind of want to do i mean are you do you have anything like you're aiming for
1: man like I mean, work wise, I love the guiding down here. It looks like I'm getting sent to Africa next year to to train on those trips for photo safaris. So I love taking people. That's my form of conservation. Is like I teach people from around the world about wildlife and nature. And that's I've really found that as a passion of mine because I love people too. You know, love being alone in the woods, but also love people. So want to yeah. continue that work. I do want to give this outfitter in Alaska every hunt I can guide on. If he'll take me, I'll take it. We got brown bear, sheep, moose every year, and then you know, interspersed. Luckily I get three days off a week with my job down here. I just want to keep chasing these, these other outdoor passions. We got this guy in town named David Gonzalez who created these crazy, like local triathlons that are like, they're like underground. You don't actually race anyone. You just do it, to test yourself. And I've been running those every year. And they're just like, I don't know. I just, I love, that's awesome, dude. Seeing how far I can push myself outside. So those are always interspersed goals amongst the work that I also love. I feel very blessed.
0: It's, so you make it's enough amazing. from the wildlife guiding and from guiding hunts in Alaska to kind of support what you're doing, huh? hmm That's yeah. awesome. Dude. Yeah, it's been working well. Dude, so show me that skull behind you real quick. Yeah. That thing's cool. This so guys, a... go to YouTube if you want to check it out. He's got this huge... Di- oh my gosh, that thing is amazing. Yeah, bat. this guy, he went... <laughs> Ten
1: and a half years old this is a weird mount just to make sure it doesn't roll when yeah I'm no on that's table, beautiful but... man yeah, actually here I got one more on the floor here. Let me show you this
0: okay guys go
1: to this YouTube is uh... and check out these uh sheep skulls they're huge I'm, and awesome. I'm at a friend's house of mine and she's awesome. she lets me decorate her whole place with everything I find in the woods um bunch of dead stuff but this ram was neat. look at that flare on Oof. that rocky um and his, oh annu- his annuli are awesome. you can age him so well um. But this was a neat one. He was actually uh, killed by a mountain lion in Montana. And um, it was just neat because, like, normally I'd find him at the bottom of, like, a canyon. But this was, like, stuffed under a tree.
0: Um, wow. A do you – are you, like – do you have to report that to Game and Fish? Or, like, do you – can you just take them? What's the – No.
1: Like- 100%. Yeah, check your state. Um, So, like, Montana just – god it was probably only three years ago three or four they changed the law and you actually could keep sheep heads you didn't used to be able to oh. um, but you still have to check them in so they plug them you can see that a blue plug yeah so you bring it in um montana's are blue plugs wyoming's red and they basically like drill a little hole in the back and it's them claiming like okay this was legally found you didn't poach it and you, know, you found it yeah. dead in the wild and then it's like a, basically like a serial number so now it allows you to cross interstate lines and it proves that like that sheep was legally found and you can keep it. So Wyoming lets you keep them Montana. um, But check your state when you go looking like I found my desert in Arizona. That was a crazy like six day adventure to try to put the parts of this ram together that got, he got ripped apart in a flash flood. And so his two horns and his skull were over two miles from each other down this wash. And I had like, use climbing gear to get down through it. It was awesome. Those
0: two was like that.
1: No, it's a desert. I have uh, he's in a storage unit, but um, but uh, did you put them back together. I did. Yeah. So so um, I, but you just check your state. Cause I had to check with Arizona on like, what are their regs? Do you have to bring it in? Some States I've heard Nevada. I think you're not allowed to pick them up. You have to call game and or whatever their state wildlife agency is, Nevada fishing game. And then they actually have to come out to the area, make sure it doesn't look like a poaching incident it died naturally. And then okay. you can keep it. So make sure you're checking what your state does. But is this
0: a thing or is this just something you do? <gasps>
1: I think it's a thing. I follow. I follow Do you see the other people like doing it,
0: like yeah, intentionally a, going out just for sheep heads.
1: I don't know. I don't see many people around here, but um, that's cool. Man. Uh, I kind of learned it through yeah, this coworker of mine, he's 63 here, and he's just become like kind of a mock dad in a way for me out here, teaching me a lot about the woods. And he that's awesome. Uh, guided years of sheep down in Wyoming and kind of in his travels had found 11 of these heads and kind of taught me a bit about them because he knew I'd love that country. So he did it. I follow one guy in Nevada that seems to pick up a lot, but I don't know. It might just be a weird for
0: me. So thing. tell me about this mentor type guy you're talking about. How'd you um, meet? Mike Crocker. Yeah, man. We
1: started working the exact same year together uh, for this company, Brush Buck Wildlife Tours, where we guide these photo safaris through Grand Teton Yellowstone. And, um,
0: so and you're in just Wyoming, hiked,
1: right? Yeah. Right in okay. Wyoming, right out of Jackson. Um okay. And he and I just, just hit it off. He, I mean, for 63, this guy's an animal in the woods and we'll hike <laughs> out, hike, anyone like and that's um, awesome and our deal is you know, so he started like taking me out on the hunt show me like how to approach the woods and and he just loved because you sheep. were a complete
0: he, novice i mean you didn't know anything
1: right i learned a lot through montana while i was at school there i was hunting a lot and i, yeah. I took a whole fall off one time just to, like chase okay. for 60 days but um but yeah so like mike just you know he's always had a passion for sheep he was um helping people with sheep hunts down here and just has this life of crazy hunting stories. And he actually harvested through the, I don't want to say the seventies to the nineties. I got to check on that, but he harvested, a the, um, the grand slam of sheep oh, wow. um, and he didn't have like, you know, crazy money for it. He, he waited 30 years to get his Wyoming Ram tag. Um, he saved up working like a second job while raising kids, working at, a um, like cleaning bathrooms. And he had this, um, hot tub industry business and every little wow. penny went towards saving up for a doll and a stone. <laughs> and he donated his whole sheep slam, all four mounts to a museum in Matitsi, Wyoming. And so wow. he would take me out there. We'd look at his mounts. We'd talk sheep. We'd just recreate outside together. That's and amazing. Yeah. I learned a lot from him. So, and I still do every day. So That's cool, man. So do you, do you apply for sheep tags though still, or? I do just in this state, just in Wyoming. Do you, um, pl- do you hunt other
0: states or just kind of hang out in Wyoming mainly?
1: not really. I mean, I'm 30 minutes from Idaho border. Um, so I did pick up an Idaho bear tag one year and, um, I consider, I, I kind of, I would rather, I have a lot of coworkers that hunt Idaho. So like my boss, for example, so I think I'm going to just start joining him on hunts, not having my own tag, but just to like yeah. experience more of Idaho. Um, I'd love to get into the Frank church, but, um, yeah, mainly, mainly, honestly, I'm like, have you political. never been
0: to the Frank before?
1: Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Mike had a, ram tag of a friend there's his or something in in the frank and he was like dude if you like remote gnarly hard to access country check out the frank so it's always been Mm -hmm. a dream yeah okay but yeah i don't know especially now with alaska i kind of miss like half our hunting season here in wyoming so i uh i kind of can't like also hunt other states when i get back i just want to be here but okay i still have so sorry sorry to cut you off Um, no i was just gonna say like montana i've picked up a couple non-resident bear deer tags but mainly wyoming
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, Wyoming's a great state, man. Um, it is. I've only hunted it for antelope at this point, but it's a okay. great state. um I'm kind of banking some points. I I had enough where I thought I might draw the general elk tag this year, but I have some friends out there telling me like hey, you might want to wait another year. Okay. So I don't know. I I have enough to draw a general Montana elk tag though, so I think I'm gonna do that instead. Yeah, and then do yeah. Wyoming the next year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, both so, are killer
1: states. I mean. Especially, Montana's got such a long season. That's so nice. Yeah. You know.
0: You so know when you killed your first deer, uh, oh yeah. Well, just going back, I had a great hunt in Montana this year. I drew a general deer tag in Montana this year. It's a like, nice. you know rut hunt and um and uh, anyway, I might Were you out about, the breaks or yeah. That I might was that, actually that was that edit too? that a little bit. I don't know if I want to like broadcast that because it's going to be on TV. Uh, okay, fair enough.
1: It's Sorry. not that I'm like <laughs>
0: trying to hide the spot. I just don't want to make montana people mad unjust, like if i don't need to
1: yeah fair enough but anyway
0: um yeah we were at, that's where we were and i shot like a nice like cool i wish i had the um euro back at this point but i don't have it yet but like a big crusty old two point with like i dude, guns. i saw the photos that oh, you saw sweet. yeah i love that <laughs> he beer. was cool buck yeah. yeah he awesome. was like posted up on the mountainside with like six or seven i think seven um does just like Had a little harem there, just chilling. Like,
1: nice.
0: Yeah, that was cool, man. But um, so what hunts you got planned? Or no, I wanted to ask you. So you killed that first deer, and then it was just like, oh, I'm all in. Like I want to like start guiding in Alaska, and it's like, boom, go for it, or what?
1: Dude, kind of. Like it was just I was starting, (laughs) I was like so in okay. So right after that deer, we had like it was late season November in Montana. I knew nothing about elk. And my buddy, that guy who helped me with the deer, he's like, Hey, Uh I'm gonna hunt somewhere else with a friend, but here I'll drop you off at like three in the morning at this spot it was snowy it was zero degrees he drops me off I like hike in, in the snow knowing nothing about what I'm doing with these elk and I just got in to these like I just it was in the dark I hiked in and elk were just ripping Wait, like did you have a rifle or a bow uh rifles late season okay. like November and November, they okay. were just screaming like it's still going on it was wild I'm like sitting there under the stars listening to all these bugles and it was honestly at that moment I was like I got to focus on nothing else in my life. I got to like, I know this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I like, I, I probably called home that day. and was like, yeah, I'm living out here. Sorry. Um, But, uh, but yeah. And so of course, you know, morning comes and dude, I didn't see a whole elk that day. I must've like, I probably blew him out the night with my own yeah. wind, not knowing what the hell I was doing. But I, it was that moment that like I was, I was hooked. And so I started annoying my roommates in college. Cause I was like bugling in my room, just like practicing <laughs> all the bugles and researching elk and um, it wasn't until next year I harvested my first, that season ended pretty soon after that experience. But, um, yeah, I was totally hooked. I even like my boss. Did you teach yourself me. how to elk call? Yeah. For my, well, YouTube videos. Yeah. just try to mimic it. With a diaphragm
0: or with something else? Diaphragm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I've been trying to teach myself to elk call too. So, um, I need to kind of get, I need to be able to do something by September. Yeah. <laughs> eh, That's my goal. One of my goals. Yeah. yeah.
1: Some or not. I like those amp calls. They're pretty easy to learn on like right away. Amp um, calls. Yeah, AMP. I forget exactly who
0: makes them, but okay. Um, so when yeah, did you so, when did you decide to go to Alaska and like try to you know become a guide basically?
1: Yeah, I think that was. I mean, you know, you you follow everyone's stuff. I mean, the Alaska moose is like the dream, quintessential animal for North America that you dream of. And I'd always thought like, man, that'd be cool. Like, what? And I was even thinking. I remember through um, my first couple years working down here, I was like, could I just move to alaska for three years like work on a fishing boat just to get alaska residency and have three crazy (laughs) years of hunting up there and then i come back down here i considered that and i was like do i just move up there to get the res? like how will i ever obtain these crazy experiences and dude it was just sheer luck my boss down here happened to know that outfitter up there and they were best friends and they used to guide together and he's like dude i'm i don't go up there anymore i have a wife and kids like but you you know, you're at the prime of your life to, and to have that kind of flexibility. If you want to start doing that alongside our guiding, you know, take work off to go up there, do it. Yeah. And um, he's been full supportive. So yeah, it was always something I was thinking about, but it wasn't really until meeting my boss down here. And then his friend Luke up there that it all came together. Okay. That's and now cool. I won't so, go any year. I want to be up there,
0: you know, for every season I can get on. And you get, you, are you able to squeeze in hunts for yourself? Obviously you did last year, pretty, pretty on the regular be able to squeeze in hunts of yourself.
1: Maybe that was, yeah. I mean, that'd be sweet. Personally, I just, with hunting, like I like the experience of it. I like being, I do not have to pull the trigger. I've realized like I get so much more like this season was my best elk season ever. I harvested my biggest bull, but I also helped three friends all harvest their first. And that moment of having them right there, like a couple of them, like tearing up and whatnot. I was like, that's cooler than me harvesting my biggest bull. Like, so with the Alaska <laughs> guiding, look, if I can get like a doll sheep tag someday for myself or any of that would be amazing, but honestly, I get enough out of just being up there at the clients and getting that's to live up Cool, there. man.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Well,
1: we might have to talk when it comes. Yeah, to definitely. I might. <laughs> yeah, assistant guide's license now.
0: Yeah, so. dude. Um. Anyway, that's cool, man. Um. Nice. So the filming thing—you just kind of picked up a camera for fun, or?
1: Yeah, I was always into photography. Uh, just like a Canon DSLR, you know, yeah. taking photos, and um, and then when my buddies in high school all thought hunting was just like, you know, like I mentioned driving drunk on ATVs, smashing right. critters. I was like, man, I should start, <laughs> I should start filming this kind of understand it. But also I realized through filming, it's something to talk to, man, when you're alone for yeah. like five to 10 days, having this goal, this extra challenge of filming shots and take, like, you go set it up, you hike back down the hill, yeah, and you yeah. hike back, back up towards it. Like it keeps totally your mind occupied too. But, yeah, exactly. Something to so do. now it's just something I just wish my only goal is like, I,
0: like, I, I, like that, uh, co- I like how you made that uh sorry okay. to I like how you made that uh rain catch thing. Yeah. Like I've never great, done that man. while hunting, but that'd be lots of gallons idea. through that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, but, go um, check out his
0: uh his YouTube video on that solo moose. But yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, totally. I um
1: man, where was I at? Kind of lost my train of thought. But oh yeah, yeah so filming. Like, yeah, filming it. Um what I really would like to do, you know, I I I'll spend all this time focusing on the film, thinking of edits as I'm hunting. I'm just like, oh this would be so fun to make. And my my problem is when that moment comes and I get that animal, that I get so excited about that. I know is legal. And I'm going to go like, I kind of ditch the filming. Cause I'm like, I need that moment to happen. <laughs> and I have to prioritize what's priority. Like if you want to watch the, it's probably the most embarrassing thing, but it's the first video I have on my YouTube channel. It's my <laughs> first bear ever. Uh, it took me 12 days of hunting in Montana. And when I kill that thing, I didn't get the actual shot on film, but I immediately turned on the camera and you see it rolling down the hill. Dead and landing in front of me, and my reaction is just like I'm so embarrassed watching it now. But it's just <laughs> real. It's it's real. It's what happened. But I want to get. I got one bear shot on film. I shot this bear like 411, like one of my longest uh, shots on an animal. And you just see that arc of the bullet, yes, and, dude, and it hits I love that. this bear, and he just drops off this cliff. And I'm like, that was so cool of footage to have. And yet my problem is most of my hunting films, like when that moment comes down, I'm so focused on making it count, and I don't get the shot on film. So my new my new goal is to start really like nailing that and getting the shots. Yeah. It's not easy, man. That's for sure. It's hard when you're alone. Like I'd love, honestly, now I just kind of want to, I'd like to film them for other people. I want to start like going on their hunts and being like, now I can actually just focus on
0: filming, get the shot, get the stock. Yeah, dude. Um, Well, maybe I could teach you some stuff there too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love any help you yeah. can teach me how to that's kill perfect. moose I can teach you how to hold a camera <laughs>
1: perfect right on not that
0: you can't you can hold <laughs> yeah. a camera that's not what I mean but.
1: what are you guys what are you filming on I'm using just like a Canon 80D like a DSLR that yeah. can turn on film mode do you have an okay. actual
0: full on um, camera mine's all packed up no I shoot on a7s3 oh nice sweet I usually bring two that's of Sony, them one right? for long. Yeah. yeah Sony I usually bring one for long range and one for right here for like vlog stuff or just stuff that's close by you know what i mean cool. yeah and I but i carry around a mat i'll show you this freaking lens it's ridiculous so i hike this bad boy up mountain nice it probably oh weighs god. like eight pounds just Yo. this
1: oh my god Probably worth more. it though man when you have those memories like i think back on that it's worth it like carrying
0: that, that oh crazy. yeah um and i put a doubler on it so oh nice but um Anyway, can I,
1: ask, can I ask another question real quick about video? What are you sure. guys doing for audio? Because like I get that like I just use the audio off the camera, and it's like that little fun. Are you wearing lapel mics and stuff?
0: Okay, so there are how do I say this? There are some guys who do use lapel mics. Um, I tried it on uh, my uh, antelope hunt this year, and to be honest, because um, then I did some other hunts with my buddy Luke Dusenberry, who's like stone cold pro at filming hunts cool um and he uses just a shotgun like a nice shotgun nice road shotgun mic um and didn't really mess with lapel mics because the lapel mics are nice but you got to remember to turn them on you got to um i don't know it's just it just it's almost like an extra level of complication and some of the shotgun mics now are so good you don't really need it now it is nice to have like that on the stock like yeah and totally. get like the stuff the guy real. says under his breath and stuff like yeah. that Like that's yep. kind of cool but um i don't know And they're not as good as in wind either in wind they're pretty bad and then also yeah. like sometimes like the power cord for example would get wrapped around the uh like battery pack part of mine and it would cause like oh. a buzzing oh damn like you know, i don't experience. know if you are anything about yeah. sound equipment but if you have like a power cord wrapped up sometimes it'll anyway yeah you'll so, hear it rubbing. Yeah. So I use these for my Sony. They're built in. I can't pull it off my camera right now, but it's a, oh, just good. a, it, it goes right in. It's a Sony shotgun mic, but um, that goes into the hot shoe. But a lot of guys just use those road mics and they're pretty nice. Okay. I'm going to start up in my quality of gear for yeah, yeah, dude. better filming. Yeah. Is that something that you think you'll want to do more of or?
1: Yeah. I always like it. Honestly, on these hunts. like when I was packing for those three years, I, I didn't, I actually filmed a couple of shots for my clients that's for them. I don't post that anywhere. It's just like, Hey, if you want your shot on film, like, so I was able to do that for one or two. And I, but I honestly, I do a lot of photography and, um, and that's been just, it's just so fun. I like send the client all these photos at the end, you know, phone shots are great, but when you can shoot like a nice DSLR camera and have, you know, quality harvest photos or hiking photos. Yeah. So just, I'll always have the camera with me. So if if I, uh, if it doesn't add too much weight and I can start getting better, like video, yeah, uh, quality stuff, I'll do it.
0: Out of curiosity, can you, I mean, like, are you comfortable saying like what kind of part of Alaska roughly you hunt? Not like specifically?
1: Totally. Yeah. We're, we're central Alaska near, near near Fairbanks, but it would be different for the brown, the brown bear hunts are a coastal thing. So I'm hoping to get on my first one of those this May. Okay. Um, Cool, man. Cause we just got the interior grizz near us, but.
0: Well, definitely would love to talk to you about, um, maybe teaming up on something in the next 100%. That'd be so fun yeah because um i definitely want to get a moose for sure but we'll talk but um anyway man coming about coming up on an hour usually kind of keep it an hour but right on. Um, anything else you want to man no there? i just appreciate
1: <laughs> you having me on dude this has been so fun like i've been yeah. following your stuff for a bit and when you sent me that instagram message i was like
0: no shit
1: like uh, so you were following I'm just some
0: you were following along with me
1: yeah i was listening to the podcast a little bit and following me on instagram and then like you just sent me that Instagram message and I was like, dude, I'm just some random 27 year old that likes to live in the woods and fucking shoot stuff and climb. <laughs> and I was like, who am I? And like, it was just so cool. I was like, hell yeah, I can't wait for this. So that's thank you. funny
0: because no. uh, yeah, man. Cause I just, like I said, again, I just saw some of your stuff on Instagram. I was like, dude, this guy's doing hardcore stuff, dude. And like, you're not like right. in the industry or like really trying to like document it like crazy. Like you are documenting yeah. some of your stuff, but you know what I mean? Like it's not driven by that. You're just doing it kind of thing. Yeah show and, uh, my life
1: if you want to follow yeah. great if not who cares but yeah
0: <laughs> but i love it man because you do some of the most hardcore stuff i've seen like anybody do on instagram oh, so I'm like, thanks, i like i gotta talk to this dude <laughs> right on <laughs> it's been great yeah, man so uh yeah man we'll stay in touch um okay last question what kind of or what hunts you got planned this year anything planned for yourself like in terms of hunts for yourself
1: yeah well i always always love wyoming spring bear um you know we've been skiing all winter i have a dream i always like I've had a couple bears that I've harvested and then I've skied the exact same day in the backcountry, And mm-hmm. that's just a really cool combo. I'd love to like shoot a bear though and ski it out on my skis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be doing spring bear in May, see if I can make that work and see what the snow levels are like. But um, yeah. And then yeah, doing hopefully Alaska brown bear. Um, that'll be not be my own, but that will be in May, um, August doll sheep, September moose. And then I'll get back in October. So you're doing
0: like- a doll sheep hunt this year. Yup.
1: Not not my own tag, but client's tag. Okay, yep. okay, okay. Yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, gotcha. But for my own hunts, it'll just be yeah, it'll be Wyoming spring bear, and then October uh, Wyoming
0: deer and elk. Yeah, it, and if I nice if dude. I draw anything
1: down here, who knows? But
0: yeah, is uh is that Wyoming um bear tag like most Western states easy for non-residents to get?
1: Man, so I've never looked into it as a non-res. I do know Wyoming. Pretty much all of our tags, non-resident are draw only. Um, but I don't think it's hard, you know, but for a bear. Even for a spring um, bear, huh? Yeah, like, we get a lot of black bears where we're at. I don't think it'd be hard to get, but I think it is all a draw for non-residents. It's a okay. pretty dope state to be a resident of. Like, I can get yeah. over-the-counter deer, elk, and bear, and some pretty killer units. Um, I don't think we're considered the best non-res state, but I'd have yeah. to look into a brown bear. I know i you can
0: i know you can just buy them they're pretty cheap too yeah you can even get two man. two yeah two, you get two. like that's
1: all. i want to go into the frank church and look for blackberry man too oh
0: yeah oh man um all right dude well that's cool man It was good talking to you dude
1: yeah great talking to you we'll to stay you. in
0: touch man for sure definitely all right cool